So over the holidays, uh, we both drove uh, some some vehicles, but you're the one you <laughs> drove. I think is more appealing <laughs> and more significant because you drove the the Porsche Macan T. But not only was it you know a press unit that was supplied by Porsche, but it's one that you configured and that you had built uh, straight from the the Porsche configurator. So that's interesting, and you chose the Macan T. Which is, of course, the the purest sort of uh, right. uh, version with uh, with um, you know everything that's geared towards driving pleasure. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about the experience of getting on the configurator because I know that I like to do that a lot myself uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> late at night sometimes, just to go there and especially on the Porsches and and to to to, to build virtually a car. But you actually did that, and the car was built. And it was delivered to you in order to drive it. So that's pretty interesting. Right. Yes. Uh, so back in the summer, uh, Porsche Canada said, hey, you know, we, we want to add a new Macan T uh, to the uh, the press fleet because uh, it's the first time that uh, uh, the T moniker is added to an SUV. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of slots between the base Macan and the Macan S. Uh, you don't get the big engine, but you get all the bells and whistles of a kind of a purist, just like you said before, the, the purist stuff. Uh, you can remember if you drove a Carrera, a 911 Carrera T. Yeah, did, yeah. they, it has the little, uh, the little uh, latches for the handles yeah, yeah, exactly. to open them. They, do, they, 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 they actually have handles in the Macan T. <laughs> makes it more <laughs> versatile. But however, um, the, uh, the, the whole experience was when they said, you know, you want to, we want to put together a Macan T and we'll let you put it together, uh, spec it to your own liking. Uh, so it was kind of, you know, you know, at Porsche, you have so much choice and especially when you're not paying for it. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, easy, it's easy to get caught it's up, easy get ta- caught up. Yeah. but that's exactly what I didn't want to do because, exactly. because the, the, the T is supposed to be not the vehicle that costs a whole bunch of money. Not that, the, you know, if we take that in the 911 Carrera, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not supposed to be the turbo, the, the, the whole, the, the, the $200,000 911. It's supposed to be the one that's fun to drive, but still somewhat affordable in Porsche terms. Um, so well, how much was yours? Uh, <laughs> so because we had a, a, a paint to sample color, Porsche Canada wanted to show kind of that they can do a paint to sample color. Uh, it, 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 it went up to, I think, uh, uh, to be exact, I have the price here. Uh, just around ninety thousand dollars, but if you take that color away, it's still like a seventy-eight thousand uh, dollars, uh, uh, seventy-seven thousand uh, dollar uh, uh, price tag on the McCanty. B- borderline reasonable. Borderline reasonable <laughs> because when I'm going to tell you what's in it, uh, it's everything is optional, obviously, right? So I, I the first, <laughs> the first thing I, I I added was the heated seats because it's not... <laughs> it's Canada. It, it's Canada. Ordered in July, production in October. I knew it was going to be in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I didn't put heated seats, everybody was going to talk about that. There's a $90,000 truck with no <laughs> who, heated seats. Who designed this? <laughs> who designed this thing? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's still a, a, a $690 option on the Porsche. If you, we're going to talk a little, little bit later about comparables in the, in the market and and obviously they all have uh, you know uh, most of them have have uh, uh, um, uh, standard heated seats but anyway um, uh, the Macanti has adaptive air suspension the PASM uh, the Porsche active suspension uh, um, uh, system which is amazing yeah it is uh, the Porsche torque vectoring plus which is options that are like fifteen hundred dollars seventeen hundred dollars 
you know when but you th- that make a huge difference make a huge difference when you, when you, when you think yes dynamics, you know, when you think about six hundred and ninety dollar yeah. heated seats yeah. and a seventeen hundred dollar you know a suspension system you know I mean this is good value for yeah, exactly. for, for for the driving so uh, and the rest you have stock. Uh, Macanti uh, seats, which are the GTS hmm. uh, seats, which are very really comfortable, good, yeah. really good seats. Uh, you know, interior trim, carbon fiber, but it's still cloth uh, seats, which is which is you know, it makes you. I, I find them much more comfortable and and they look a little better. Uh, but uh, however, it's it it goes with the bare minimum yeah. Macanti uh, or the T denomination uh, look. Uh, on the road. Uh, exceptionally fun to drive. Obviously, it handles very well. Uh, it, it, I, I, you know, personally, I, I would not buy myself an SUV now, and uh, because I'm, I'm a, I'm a short sedan guy. However, the Macan always kind of stepped up the game for me. You get in, inside it, and it's like it kind of reminds you of a sports car, and it's a good, it's a good balance between a, a larger family SUV and a, and a sports car. But throwing this thing with the suspension and the torque vectoring uh, in a curve and just coming right out of it, it's, it's, you know, it makes you forget that you're kind of in an SUV. The only thing I didn't like is that after you've driven the, the, the Macan GTS and you have, you know, the, the, the big power. engine, all yeah. that power, yeah, exactly. I mean, the it's two sort of, it's sort of a bit of a letdown on the throttle. It is know, sure the four cylinder engine. I mean, it's it's got a little bit lower power than you know. For example, an example that I like to compare with with the Macan is the new GV70. Well, yeah. it's not new anymore, but 2020 GV70 when it came out, it's got a whole. It's got a, a four cylinder engine, but it's got 300 horsepower, 311 foot pounds of torque. Whereas you're at 260 and 295 with the Macan engine, the four-cylinder engine, it's a big difference. You know, yeah, it's, it's a big huge. difference. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, the drive selector on the Macan is is amazing. Sport, Sport Plus. It's things that you don't get in a GV70. Sure. Along with the torque vectoring and, and, and the PASM and stuff like that. So, the, you know, if you had to compare the two, which are a $20,000 difference, for instance, I didn't make the math, but you'll have a fully loaded GV70 for 55000 and you'll have a partially loaded, you know, Macan T for, for 73,000, but you'll have a much more uh, sportier, a, a much sportier driving experience with the Macan T, much more uh, 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 purebred sport. Uh, yeah, uh, you so, know, so, so if you're a driving aficionado and you have to drive an SUV, yeah, that, that would be, the Macan would be, a, would be a good choice. But I see your point about the, yeah. the, the lower power for sure. That's yeah. right, that's right. So overall, a good experience. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you uh, obviously, uh, everybody can check out the review. It's going to be, I, 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 the truck, I haven't had it for, for too long. I'm going to write the review and put, all, put up all the pictures and the specs uh, on the website. Um, you have driven electric, uh, yeah, uh, yeah the over the holidays, uh, Volvo C40 recharge. So obviously not a new vehicle, you know. So it's it's been around since uh, for well, yeah, it's relatively recent. Um, but um, you know, it's to me the, the the key thing was you know driving it in winter. Obviously, it's, it's, it was a little bit cold uh, in Montreal over the <laughs> over the holidays. Yes, and so you know, in terms of. Um, the autonomy of the vehicle. In perfect conditions, if it's 20 degrees outside, you're going to get like maybe 360 kilometers out of it, things like that. Mm. But obviously, mm. in winter, yeah. uh, with the lower temperatures, you know, obviously, you know, 30% of that is just gone right away. Right away, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I never really got more than 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 300 kilometers out of uh, mm-hmm. out of a charge on, mm-hmm. on, on this vehicle. Um, having said that, you know, it, it, it drives... 
It, it, it's typical, you know, typical electric vehicle, high torque. You know, you find a, a hole in traffic, you just squeeze the throttle and you're there. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of dynamic. So it's kind of cool. The one thing I don't like about it is the regen. The regenerative braking, obviously, on, on this vehicle is, is, is the same as on every electric vehicle. However, um, you can either have, in terms of the one-pedal drive, um, you know, we know that on certain electric vehicles, you can adjust the amount of regen right. and, yeah. you know, according to how much you would like. Mm -hmm. So to use the brakes a, a little or not yeah. at all and things like on, on Ionic 5, you can use like five levels. Yeah, which is and, pretty good. Or the Kia EV6. On the Volvo, it's on or it's off for, right. one, for one pedal drive. And so what happens is if you leave it in one pedal drive and you get to... Um, uh, stop, for, for example, or whatever, and it's uh, the road is icy and you don't realize it, you get off the throttle and right away, you know, you have so much regen that the car starts to skid. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So in um, in winter driving, I would not advise if you would not advise one pedal driving at all. For that's for interesting that Volvo in wouldn't wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't exactly. have thought of that. <laughs> when you think of how much you know they're concerned about safety and things like that, yeah, so, and how much they know about winter, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I did when I noticed that, of course, is switch off the the one pedal drive, and right. and then after that, you drive it like a regular vehicle, and you get the regen when you brake when you, you actually use the brake, yes. but you're in control of just how much slowing yes. down you're doing, and you're not upsetting the car if you're driving it, like I said, on, on icy, uh, icy roads, which I've had to do yeah. uh, in that time. Um, the, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, the uh, C40 versus the XC40. A lot of people talk to me yeah. about that, and they say, well, you know, the C40 is kind of this, the, uh, the sloped roof line. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. the fastback. The fastback look. Fast look. Yeah. It has less cargo space. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, 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 it functions on the, the on the same drivetrain. But yeah, it's exactly the same. But how different? You know, you've driven both. Uh, how how different do, you, do 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 they feel? You know, the the C40 and the XC40. There is zero difference. <laughs> <laughs> exact, That's what I thought. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, it's just a question of look. Yeah, it's just a question of styling. Whether mm -hmm. or not you're you're going for that. Yeah. You know, personally, you know, I, I'm not a fan of uh, coupe-like SUVs. Yeah, you, know? you lose so much yeah, out of them. I, yeah, I, they have no interest for them whatsoever. I'd yeah. rather have the the regular. Yeah, if you're gonna buy an SUV, yeah. Just buy an SUV exactly. and kind of <laughs> and be done with it. But that's you know that's a personal call. This week, uh, the uh, we've heard on the uh, on the um, from Mazda uh, that they uh, will finally unveil. They, they, Mazda's been talking about this for so long. You know, there was rumors about Mazda bringing back the the rotary engine, and we knew it wasn't going to be. The rotary has, as as we knew it, because exactly. this 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 engine, the 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 uh, Wankel, uh, as, as they say in the principle, how he was born, uh, was uh, terrific in size and weight. But the problem is that it could never take that much power or that much, you know, uh, 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 um, compression from the turbochargers, for instance, because there was always some kind of mechanical issues with this, the apex seals on the uh, on, on the rotors with the RX-7s, for example. And then came the RX-8, which was low in power and not turbocharged, but very low in power. And it was, you know, it wasn't well, a big success. Yeah, I, I would say this. It wasn't necessarily low on power. It was low on torque. Yeah, low yeah, on torque, right. Low on performance. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So that's the, that's the thing about you know the rotary engine 
very smooth running, mm-hmm. you know, almost no vibration, yeah. no compression, no Ver- engine braking at all. Very small. <laughs> you know? And uh, high revving, yeah. uh, but again, low torque yeah. and very difficult now with the emissions regulations that we have yeah. to make it compliant, right. you know, obviously. So as a main power source to drive a car, you know, Mazda keeps researching it. I, you know, I hope they find a breakthrough. You know, I'm a fan of yeah. the uh, of the the rotary engine, right? But uh, you know, way back from driving the 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 the, the Mazda 13B powered Formula single seater cars, so the sound of that uh, that yeah. that engine is so particular. So yeah, I'm a fan. But you know, right now I think the the key thing that they're going to use it for what. It's it, it's going to be a good application as a range extender. Yes. So when you think about it, you know, the, it'll function pretty much like a uh, generator. Yeah, exactly. Pretty yeah. much like the Chevrolet Bolt. Yes. You know, running at a or the uh, the range extender in, in BMW i3 mm-hmm. compact uh, car. If yes. You remember that. So <clears throat> basically, it's going to run at a steady speed, a, a steady RPM. And it's not going to have a direct link to the wheels at all. It's just going to be a generator producing electricity for the electric motor right. of uh, of the MX MX thirty. So it's going to be good because you know the the range of the MX thirty is very ridiculous. Very, very limited. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very it's really limited. a compliance car. Is yeah, what it was you know especially for the California market. Right. And um, now with the range extender. Yeah, you know, you can you can sort of make a play for the fact that maybe you can um, you can you can look at it as a as a daily driver now, and you know, obviously plug in it at night and do as much uh, mileage as you can with uh, the electric engine. But if you need to go further, you know, there is that that right. alternate uh, supply of energy right. that's coming from the gas tank and the uh, the rotary engine. So I think it it, it gives the, the the vehicle a fighting chance to. Yeah, to continue. Yeah, because yeah, it's know. been designed for for fully electric, and then yeah. it's not having that much success. No, obviously, because th- their philosophy is different. You know, they wanted to go for a small battery, a small electric motor to keep the driving dynamics uh, of a of a Mazda. of a Mazda. Yeah, and so it, it is the lightest uh, EV on the on the market, I think. And uh, because very, very it's close a, it has it. such a small battery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but their thinking was, you know, just that the smaller battery, less minerals you have to mine, right. less uh, materials you have to use, mm-hmm. less weight, less yeah. energy consumption. And their thinking is like, you know, most drivers don't do more than 160 kilometers in a day. Yeah. You know, so, and, and that's true. So if you're only using it as a commuter vehicle and you're charging it every night, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. You know, but uh, obviously. The reality if, is, is. But if the reality is if you're going to go long distance, yeah, then the range extender makes right. it worthwhile. Right now, it can only be a city car. Right. You know? And in a way, it was designed to be that way. Yeah. So, you know, so we'll see with. We'll see what they come up with on, uh, I think it's January 13th. Yeah, they're going to show it in Brussels. I Brussels think. Yeah. Uh, Auto Show. Belgium, yeah. Um, for my part, next week I'm going to heading t- uh, to Morocco uh, to drive the Porsche 911 Dakar. Woohoo! <laughs> the Dakar is one of those rugged, uh, uh, you know, uh, iterations of the rugged creations from the uh, from the luxury and sport car manufacturers and Porsche. I mean, I, I think the purists um, don't really uh, like. 
uh, this particular vehicle because they think the 911 <laughs> shouldn't be jacked up and kind of strolling in the desert. Uh, but it's still a looker. It's very, very beautiful. And it kind of goes along the line of the, you know, the, the, the Lamborghini Storado that you, yeah, exactly. you, uh, you mm-hmm. saw in, uh, in, uh, in Miami. In yeah. Miami. Yes. So, uh, uh, a pretty cool, pretty cool adventure. We're going to go see how, uh, this vehicle comes with all kinds of liveries. Now it's going to get a whole bunch of publicity, obviously, because, uh, it's, it's, it kind of brings and back uh, uh, the 911 Dakar to the old days of Porsche and uh, I'll be able to report on that on the next episode. Yeah, meanwhile, while you're going to be uh, sunbathing in Morocco, I'm going to be <laughs> going to LA uh, for a deep dive of the uh, Mazda CX-90 SUV. Right. So the top flight uh, Mazda SUV. So I'll be able to uh, tell you, uh, we won't be able to drive it at that time, but okay. we'll get to know uh, all about uh, the various drivetrains that are going to be coming uh, for the CX-90. So we're going to be busy next week as well. Plus, there's the Montreal Auto Show. Yeah, in between those two, there is uh, the Montreal Auto Show. Montreal Auto Show who uh, lost, well, in Canadian auto shows, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it again and again. A lot of manufacturers uh, gave up on uh, the auto shows, but there's still a lot, go- quite a bit going on in Montreal. A few car collections are going to be there. Uh, some Ferraris, some uh, some uh, some some vintage vehicles as well, and a few manufacturers showcasing uh, uh, obviously cars that the mainstream vehicles that people can get in, and hopefully the Montrealers come out and uh, uh, see uh, what's new in the automotive business. But we'll be able to report that. You can follow us on the website and on social media. We'll be we'll be there all week, obviously, and uh, after that for episode eight, we'll be able to report our impressions on what we saw at the show and everything we've mentioned. So. Thank you very much for being there for episode 7 and uh, we'll uh, speak to you in a couple of weeks. All right, take care. So long. Thank you for listening to the Car Guide podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you'd like. Visit us at carguideweb.com for daily updates and news on everything auto as well as weekly reviews and drives. You can also follow us on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at The Official Car Guide.